0: beautiful right above me sorry all right let's let's get this thing going too many napkins hello everybody and welcome to the december 7th 2019 episode of the football absurdity podcast i bailed on that intro because for the first time i'm looking at evan and will in the same room and i got very self-conscious about it we're here in new orleans this week we're covering the niners and the saints game we uh we went to saints practice today it was very cool uh we're going to talk a little bit about that we're going to talk about thursday night football and then we'll talk about the games coming up uh as we're recording this, it's gonna uh, Georgia and LSU's on the TV. So if somebody gets distracted, you know exactly what happened. Also, that's the reason why we're gonna burn through this episode. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, it's uh, 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 our week fourteen episode, December seventh, two thousand nineteen. Let's get the housekeeping out of the way. If you found us on Twitter or through the website, um, go to your podcast app of choice. We will be in there. Whether it's Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else, um, when you go ahead and subscribe. Uh, rate, leave us a review. Um, it pleases the gods that run the algorithms. Um, if you want to chat with us or chat with really a good community of guys that are developing there, um, uh, go over to our Discord. It's tiny.cc/absurdity, and uh, you can get all your questions asked. It's playoffs week, so you you know you might want to uh, go ahead and get um, your questions bounced off of someone. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at fballabsurdity. Uh, we've been posting pictures and stuff from the uh, the the trip so far. Three of us over here in New Orleans. Um, If you want to help support us, you can go to patreon.com slash football absurdity and go ahead, uh, sign up, become a patron. You get a bonus episode. So this is the first half of the two parts to the podcast and the second half is on Tuesday normally and it's our Thursday night preview and then we also kind of do the debrief for this episode. So um, you'll see what that means if this is your first episode. Um, So let's go ahead and get started. Um, Waleed, how are you?
1: I'm doing all right. Just watching the LSU-Georgia game, and uh, that was not a catch.
0: <laughs> it was um, a good throw. It was a good throw?
1: I thought so. But he had to lay out. It was a little bit off. obviously He had to work for it, but he could, it was catchable. They've dropped a few.
0: Evan, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. I'm drinking this Cezanne you brought. What is this? It's aged in... uh, pino whiskey. barrel, Pinot barrels, and it's delicious. It is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So cheers, gentlemen. Well, hi.
0: So all right. So we went to Saints practice this morning. It was very cool. Thank you very much to uh, uh, Mike Ornstein, if you are hearing this, which I doubt you are. But thank you very much. Um, And uh, so my my big impression of it is uh, uh, Cam Jordan is a very large person. I don't know what we can really talk about, but that was a definite takeaway, um, that uh, Cam Jordan is very, very large.
1: Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport were right in front of us, and we didn't get to see practice when they were standing in front of us. They were that big. And I'm six foot three.
0: Yeah, they're, 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 they're a real big boys. So a big sleeper this week we saw in practice this week was a little kid in an Alvin Kamara Jersey. He scored a touchdown completely untouched in practice. So, uh, keep, keep an eye out on your waiver wires for a little kid in an Alvin Kamara Jersey. I'm
1: not, not, I'm not sure he's going to play though. It was really bad the way the defensive player, when he got into the end zone, just leveled him. It was terrible. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he's in the ICU right now.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely possible. He's not going to make it, uh, to the game tomorrow, but, uh, but, uh, any any takeaways from Saints practice today? Um, we saw a cool thing, the warm-ups the wide receivers were doing.
2: Oh, yeah. We saw the wide receivers and a couple of the skilled running backs, the catching running backs, get in a circle and throw the ball to each other left-handed, which baffled us for a little while why they would do that if, it was, if they were all left-handed or if it was some kind of a punishment. And so finally Jeff pointed out maybe they're learning how to
1: catch wobblers. Which is the explanation we decided to stick with. The thing I took out of it was watching Drew Brees just only like a few feet away from you. That man, his, his, the way he throws a football is just beautiful. That man knows how to throw a football.
0: That man has paid a lot of money to throw know how to throw a football. That that was what was the weird thing was I was sitting there watching and I was like, how much money is on this field right now? like billions, like more than a billion dollars all told on that field for their career earnings. It was it was just that was the weird a weird takeaway for me. But um, but yeah. Any any other any other takeaways from today?
1: Uh, just how freaking awesome it was! I mean, that building is legit. It, uh, you can see they've invested a lot of money into making that a top tier practice facility. Like it's it was just great to watch.
2: Yeah. yeah, an indoor field for indoor games, an outdoor field for outdoor games, an eight million dollar meeting room. That was the most wild part. Was.
0: They 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 were telling us that they practice outside for outside and everywhere else for inside, which is that's pretty cool. And I guess it's worth the the investment when you play nine games a year, because uh, at least because Atlanta's inside now. So is it though? because well, it's it you really you play outside. Well,
2: that's true. That's very true. It's fun being in the same room. We're we're in the same room with each other, people. I know this it's is weird. The first it's time, we've met after running a small business together for three years. So. It's making me very it's self-conscious surreal. about all my,
0: all my little ticks and, and, and everything. So, all right, let's, uh, let's,
1: Consolation, we're totally judging you for everyone. I myself. know. I'm
0: just, like, like questioning everything that I say. Um, so the, um, yeah, the saints practice facility, very cool. Very awesome. Um, we posted some, what we could post on the football absurdity Twitter account, a few pictures, um, of us in there. So you can kind of get an idea of, of, uh, what it is, uh, going on there. But, uh, it was uh, the the uh, we saw them do the scout team and I you know the scout team for the 49ers, Kendrick Bourne uh, the guy who did that um, wasn't a fan because he didn't do a great job of uh, recreating Kendrick Bourne because he actually caught the football that was thrown at him instead of dropping it so that's kind of my last note for the the uh, the the practice today uh, it was very cool we're gonna be on the field tomorrow. Uh, we'll probably have some stuff to talk about with that as well. But why don't we go ahead and uh, get started with the uh, actual weekly content. It, it's the, We start with the Thursday Night Football Review. Um, and this one, it was a Chicago 31, Dallas 24. Wasn't really that close. It was 24-7 after three quarters. And so uh, Evan and I are deferring our time to the resident uh, Chicago Bears fan, Waleed, to talk about the game.
1: I don't even know what to feel because Mitchell Trubisky... For the first time in his career, against a top ten defense, just oh my god! I'm sorry, I just gotta compliment <laughs> that. I'm, okay, we're gonna talk about the LSU game because that was uh, wild. Mr. Burrow, Burrow, what's his Burrow. name? Burrow just caught his own pass and then ran for a first down. That was incredible. Who cares about the Bears when you got LSU over here? Just like nice. we're here in L- We're it's nice that we're in New Orleans for the LSU game when they're playing for the championship. This is a this is a great weekend for New Orleans.
0: Yeah, he's t- yeah. got his ball tipped to the line of scrimmage, ran for the first down. He's a regular uh, Mitchell Trubisky out there.
1: Oh, man. So, uh, anyway, speaking of Mitchell Trubisky, um, three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. And that score is not an indicator for how thoroughly the Bears dominated the Cowboys. It's the first time this year that we saw that Bears offense kind of take control and run away with it. And it makes me nervous because, on the one hand, I don't want Mitchell Trubisky to get – that fifth-year option picked up when he's putting a few games together that might not be the future. On the other hand, he, we knew coming in that he didn't have the experience in college, so he might need a little more time. And there is the possibility we're just starting to finally see like what he can do. It's, it's really, the next four games are going to be really interesting to see because technically, the Bears, if they want out, could possibly make the playoffs. I think we all know that there's not a chance in hell that it's going to happen. So they need uh, a lot
0: of help. A yeah, lot of help. It would
1: be. Yeah, they need. They need the Vikings to lose uh, one more game, include not including the game that they'd have to lose to the Bears. Mm-hmm. And I don't see the Vikings dropping two over the last four.
0: Not. Not the way that they're playing right now. I don't see no, that either. The NFC
1: is stacked. I mean, it's.
0: Yeah. So. Um, so speaking of a stacked NFC, a team that should uh, probably not be in the playoffs except they're going to win the NFC East. Uh, Evan, your boy Dak, he, uh, he didn't play well, but he ended up with a good fantasy day or decent enough fantasy day. He didn't kill you.
2: You know, he, uh, actually sprained his left hand and injured the index finger on his right hand. I'm not sure which one he throws with, but either way, uh, it could have explained his 55% passing percentage in that game. And I have Dak in my big money league. And I finally, after playing quarterback shuffle and failing at it horribly realized I should just start Dak. Except I was like, "Well, what if he pulls up zero points, a bad game against Chicago? That I'm gonna have ten days to sit here and double second guess myself." But luckily for garbage time, he managed to put together 334 passing yards and one touchdown, which is good enough for me to not think twice about starting him against the Rams in Week 15. So, haha, Dak. You showed Dak showed you. Um, uh,
0: yeah, so the throwing hand thing is a concern. It's you know, it, it's a concern for me coming up this week for Baker Mayfield. So obviously, it's a concern. Uh, for Dak going forward. Um, but. Uh, it's a concern? I need to be concerned? No, I'm concerned. Yeah. You should be. Uh. <laughs> um, so that was your question, Evan. Um, I'm seeding my question from, la- from uh, last, the bonus episode to Waleed, uh, which is Is Anthony Miller the real deal? So what went on? Anthony Miller had a great touchdown catch, but other than that, what was going on?
1: Anthony Miller, I think. Part of the reason Mitchell Trubisky started to do well over the last month is because uh, Anthony Miller has emerged. Like, he's uh, he's showing faith in Miller that he was only showing to Allen Robinson. And, I mean, you trade it up to get Anthony Miller. He's got all the talents, but from what I understand, his route running, like, he was not running the right routes. But it looks like he's doing what he's supposed to be doing now. And hopefully he continues to do that.
0: Yeah, so... Uh, going forward, I mean, we only have a few more weeks this season, um, but he, really two more for um, Al, uh, for Anthony Miller because he already played in Week fourteen. I mean, is this are we at the point where he's a hot pickup, or is it just kind of too little, too late? Do you guys think?
1: I mean, I don't even think I, I doubt he's available in leagues. Honestly, at this point, he would have been taken a couple weeks ago. But if he is available, I think he's definitely worth rostering.
2: But I mean, he is available in eighty percent of Yahoo leagues. Yeah, that's zero. That really yeah. zero.
0: Yeah, Yeah, because I remember I wrote, awesome. I wrote about him in the uh, the uh, streaming piece this week. As I don't, I don't like to write about Thursday night football guys, but um, I put him as a decent pivot.
1: Okay, now I'm starting to wonder what I had for. This. And I just realized I was
0: muted. But what I said was I had him going in the uh, uh, streamers piece this week. Um, was a good pivot cuz we don't usually do Thursday night football
1: but I, I couldn't it oh, myself. Yeah, no, I'm crazy here. I was wrong. I actually even wrote about him on my waiver wire article last week where I said he was he's owned he was owned in 12% of leagues before that Thursday night game. Yeah. And I'd say his next two matchups uh I I mentioned his matchup against the Cowboys wasn't even a favorable one and he still did well. But I think that I think he is worth rostering.
0: All right, so that techno football uh, touchdown sound you just heard was uh, because we had some technical difficulties. Uh, We uh, are now re-recording this part of the podcast, and um, so what we'll do now is we will go ahead and... uh, Roll forward to talk about this week's games, week 14. Um, what we do is, in this episode, we talk about uh, what we're looking for in the games. And then, um, like I said before, on Tuesday, that's when we do the debrief. So we'll go ahead and get started. First game up, uh, Carolina at Atlanta. It's a 47-point overrunner. Atlanta are three-point favorites. And we'll lead in this one. You're curious about if Julio Jones or DJ Moore are going to have a better game?
1: Yeah, I'm pointing it out because... You're going to start with Julio Jones. I understand it. He is – you don't sit your studs, but I think when it comes down to it, DJ Moore is more likely to have a better game because with a healthy Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones is back. Uh it's going to be splitting Austin some touches. Hooper.
0: Austin Hooper's back.
1: Ah, uh, tight end though. I don't care about he's, tight
0: He's got a lot of targets in that offense, so that's
1: he does. But also, he's a tight end. I don't like tight ends. Tight ends are garbage. Okay. They're not worthwhile. They're not worth my time to talk about until I start talking about tight ends later, which I probably. Yeah. Don't. You're
0: about, you, you have a, a Vance McDonald question coming oh. up. Yes. So you're definitely going to talk about tight ends, yes. but um, I mean, I agree. With, I agree. Um, just because the the split targets. I think Austin Hooper is going to be taking targets from Julio. I know you disrespect Austin Hooper, but um, I think, I mean, you're starting both if you have them more than likely. But I do think that DJ Moore has the higher upside because no Greg Olson and it's the passing game is going to be basically Christian McCaffrey and and uh, DJ Moore with some Curtis Samuel thrown in deep sleeper, maybe Ian Thomas. But I think that um, DJ Moore has a better chance of scoring a touchdown.
2: Yeah. All right. I
0: haven't had something to add.
2: No,
1: I don't.
0: All right. And why don't you talk about River uh, Riverboat Ron being gone? He got fired this week. It's um. Uh, interesting. Well,
1: actually, I'm going to throw in something real quick. Over the last month, too, DJ Moore has been like top three receiver.
2: Yeah, yeah. So- that's exactly what I was saying. I've got a lot of people concerned who own CMC and DJ Moore, and the good news is you don't have to think about it at all. Maybe they'll get a little worse. <laughs> probably not because Norv Turner's play calling and whoever's stepping in for Riverboat Ron that weird guy is going to try to play even harder. But even if not, you're starting them no matter what. So don't think about it. The question is, is Curtis Samuel going to take a step up or a step down? That's what we're going to find out during this game. Back to you, Jeff.
0: Yeah, so um, what I'm looking for in this game is if uh, Devonta Freeman can take advantage of a what is a truly dreadful... Um, offense um or defense for the uh the carolina panthers um he has been up and down this year um he's been hurt he's been out of the lineup but um what i want to know is if um he can take advantage of this offense or defense that gives up 5.3 yards per carry and um they've given up five more touchdowns on the ground than any other um team in the league so that's what i'm looking for going forward maybe for next season maybe for 2020 We'll see what's going on there, and um, uh, we'll go from there. So the next game up on the docket is going to be an AFC matchup. It's Baltimore at Buffalo. It's a a 43-and-a-half point over-under. Baltimore's six-point favorites. And Evan's trying to figure out in this one if he should be starting John Brown, who's been a quality wide receiver this year, but he's got a really tough matchup this week.
2: Yeah, what we have here is the playing Baltimore paradox where – Somehow, Baltimore's great offense makes other offenses act crazy. And so, a lot of people are ranking John Brown <laughs> outside of the top 24. I know you've seen it, Jeff. I've seen it. Yeah, where'd you see it? Uh, the the crazy
0: uh, offense. 49ers last week, um, fourth and two on like the 22, 23 yard line, and they take an end zone shot. They know team, teams know that this offense is not going to give them a lot of chances, so they have to do these high-variance plays. And, and the 49ers are not that type of deep-shot team, and, and the Ravens just make people go crazy.
2: Yeah, exactly. And John Brown has started every game, and he scored at least 7.5 points a game and scored 10 or more points in all but two games. This isn't a wide receiver 2-3 flex consideration. Put him in, people. Come on, he's Mr. Consistent. So I'm watching to see if Baltimore changes up their game at all. I'm still starting John Brown, but I want to see, excuse me, Buffalo. I'm watching to see if Buffalo falls for that. Oh my gosh, we're all acting scared, shook nonsense.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if you want a high variance quarterback, you want Josh Allen. He's the most high variance guy in the league. So, and, we, and here's
1: the thing, too. Uh, over the last month, John Brown has been a wide receiver one. He's been a top 12 guy. You don't sit a top 12 guy. As simple as that.
0: What's wild is, I, is he's been a, over the last two seasons, he's been a top 12 guy, except. When he was with Lamar Jackson, <laughs> isn't that it, like with Weird. with Lamar Jackson? He had like, like he was getting like a target and a half a game. It was something wild like that. He probably
1: just threw the football.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Waleed, you're also wondering about another Bills player. You're wondering if you should start or sit Devin Singletary um, in this game, and I'm wondering. I'm going to ask you if. If he's startable for the rest of the year, because he's got bad matchups for the next three weeks,
1: and that's pretty much where I was going to go with that. Is unfortunately Devin Singletary has been definitely flexworthy over the last since he's come back from his injury, but his matchups, uh, Baltimore, you're not, you should not start a running back unless he is a running back who you know is an RB one type guy, and his matchups. For the rest of the year, I wanted to say who is he playing? It is it's
0: at Pittsburgh and at at New England.
1: England. Yeah, I knew New England, I couldn't remember the middle game. And Pittsburgh is a top five defense against fantasy running backs. New England is the best fantasy defense against opposing running backs because you know, um well they because they play in the AFC East mainly.
0: Most. Yeah. So um uh my question, we're just making a triple bill stack because there's no real questions about Baltimore. It's uh it's uh, it's about Josh Allen and what it is is um, what is this is his first real test since they played the Patriots, back in Week Four. Now I know you can contest that Dallas last week on Thanksgiving was a good defense, and um, in the lost episode, Willie did contest that um but I'm yeah, they're top 10 a
1: top 10 defense against Pants and run
0: I'm saying Thanksgiving day games are weird they're weird you can almost you can almost throw out any Thursday game
1: I would say you could say, you could say the same thing but the next Thursday game they also got pants by the Bears so who Mitch knows
0: is the poor man's Josh Allen
1: yes oh, <laughs> which is terrifying
0: terrifying prospect but I want to see how he does in his first real test since that New England game Since then, he's had uh, at least 17 fantasy points in four-point leagues every single game. He scored at least 20 points in his last four games. They've been 25, 33, 20, and 23 and a half. So he's really playing well
1: for a fantasy perspective. Here's the big thing, too. He's a top-five fantasy quarterback. As simple as that. His numbers are really, really freaking good. And if he's a top-five quarterback, you can't... You can't sit a guy who's been a stud. I understand his matchups have been weak, uh, like we said earlier, AFC East. You know, but the fact is, if a guy's in your top five in the production, you don't you don't you don't bench him. I, I'm willing to ride with Josh Allen because I was one of the biggest Josh Allen haters you're going to see, but Man. he has been. I mean, he looks good. He looks really good.
0: Enough about how handsome he is, though. Um... But, I mean, yeah, I was a big Josh Allen hater, but I had him in Scott Fishbowl this year. I have him in three out of my four Yahoo leagues. He's been really killing it this year. But that same schedule that we were talking about at Pittsburgh, at New England for – who's it? Devin Singletary. It's the same thing that he's going to be facing. It was the big bugaboo. So the reason I'm asking is how he looks against Baltimore is if he can perform well against Baltimore. I'm not saying bench him this week. I'm saying if he can perform against Baltimore – Lock and load, start him at, ride him, ride him till you can't ride him anymore. Agreed. Agreed. You know, take that horse to the old town road.
1: I'd also argue there's going to be a, there's going to be opportunity for garbage time touchdowns. The way Baltimore is playing, yes. I mean, he, 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 can do a fourth quarter Dak uh, from the last two games where he got you enough, uh, points to win you in fantasy, just not enough to win a football game because
0: yeah. And, and, um, I mean, Lamar Jackson's been benched in the fourth quarter like three out of the last five games. So it's like there'll be opportunity there for garbage time. So a game that might be all garbage time Cincinnati at Cleveland, 42 point over under, Cleveland seven and a half. Well, if neither team can score, technically it's a close game and it's not garbage time. But if
1: neither can score, that is a garbage time game. All your time is garbage.
0: Well, my time is not garbage, and I appreciate you to stop interrupting me so I could say it's a seven, Cleveland are seven and a half point favorites. Now you can talk about your precious Joe Mixon you want to talk so much about.
1: So, yeah, this is, Joe Mixon has definitely been a disappointment on the year for where you're probably drafted. I'm questioning, do you start Joe Mixon this week? Yes. And, yeah. Yes is the answer. Jeff nailed it right there. Because <laughs> over the last month, I mean, he's starting to finally get those touches because, he is the only good thing in Cincinnati. Um I'm not even talking about the football team. I'm talking about the city of Cincinnati. You don't like
0: chili on spaghetti?
1: No. That is oh, the, it. it is the most awful cultural dish that's ever been made.
0: You hear that Walid hates other cultures.
1: Only Cincinnati. Only
2: what? only in Cincinnati. My wife likes to make great chili. She likes to make great spaghetti sauce. she will freeze them both. And occasionally I'll make spaghetti for the kids and toss the chili on there. Even six-year-olds do not like chili on spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean,
0: more to Walid's point, I, uh, uh, Joe Mixon has at least 15 fantasy points in four out of his last five games. They recognize they got nothing else going on there. So you got to go with Joe Mixon. And it's not like Cleveland is stout enough to really stop him up um, on the season. They're middle of the pack in terms of... Uh, Running back production allowed. So, um, Evan wanted to know about three and a half interceptions in this game. You wanted to know the over-under on that. So, let's talk about interceptions. I'm talking
2: about, I want to see Cincinnati's defense against an inconsistent Cleveland offense. Because I'm going to make a bold prediction. If Cincinnati's defense can do well in fantasy against Cleveland's offense, they're a good pickup. 99% unowned. For week sixteen against Miami, which is just is like a mini Cleveland in terms of inconsistency. They're like Cleveland, but not as good. I'm I'm saying it. If if Cincinnati handles Cleveland well in fantasy, pick up their one percent own defense. Come at me. The one percent
0: defense for too long. I don't You're, know. I got you
1: heard it here first. Evan is all for the one percent.
0: Evan Evan Hovla loves the one percent. Though the Cincinnati Bengals, a High variance play. We'll say maybe let's let, let's 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 calm down Evans' role a little. We'll hold, we'll, we'll, well, hold on. Let's look. Calm it
2: down a little bit. Maybe a good GPP no. DFS play. Let me throw a stat at you. Yeah. This week, don't throw this Cincinnati things. has 32 total points on defense. 32 total points on defense. However, 27 of those 32 points have come in the last three games. They're a different team right now in terms of fantasy production on defense, at least. And I think that a lot of people are going to find a steal there. Yeah, I mean
0: that that's possible. It's just scary to me to start Cincinnati in the fantasy playoffs. Um, my question is about Baker Mayfield. He said in uh, a uh, a fit of maybe it's bravado, maybe it's toxic masculinity. Mama didn't wait, raise a wuss about his hand injury that he had um Last week, All I want to see is if uh, maybe you mama should have raised somebody who is smarter and taking care of his body, because if he's out there and he's throwing fine, he's got no problems with his hand. Go ahead. As you were going to already use him, use him. If he was a streamer for you, go for it. If he was the only guy you got, go for it. But if he can't throw well, then we have this whole other world of concern about Baker Mayfield over the next two weeks um, in your fantasy playoffs and let's be clear here if Baker Mayfield's throwing poorly you might not have to worry about it except for those of you who have uh, consolation prizes but um, he's got a good Cincinnati matchup this week then he's got at Arizona which is a pretty good matchup then he's got Baltimore bad matchup by that time his hand would probably be healed but I want to know how I want to see how he throws this weekend that's what I'm looking for in Cincinnati and Cleveland so next game up it's um, Washington at uh, Green Bay, 42 point over-under. Packers are 12.5 point favorites, which means it's Smash City for uh, for Green Bay. And Evan wants to know if uh, both Washington running backs, same as last week, are going to be startable assets against the fourth-worst rushing defense in the yeah, league. Yeah, I've
2: seen a lot of people just auto-start Geist and, and Peterson because of the fourth-worst rushing defense. And I don't think you should do it because this game would get out of hand. It become a purely passing game. And as Jeff mentioned, guys had 10 carries last week. Come on. It's not – it's it's, it's attached to it. But I'm watching because if they do put up okay numbers, they're going to do great against Philadelphia and New York Giants the next two weeks. So that's what I'm watching for. Can they keep it together against a team that's going to smash them in the mouth? And I'll just keep it rolling talking about Washington.
0: I know I usually go last, but – over the last five weeks, I've been saying the same thing about Terry McLaurin and it's time to, you know, water, get get off the pot. I keep saying it's too soon to tell the Terry McLaurin and Dwayne Haskins, but we need Terry McLaurin. We need to see something quality out of him this week. He's got two good matchups coming up in week 16 or 15 and 16. Evan mentioned them green Bay and or I'm sorry, uh, giants and Philly um, in week 16 and 15 respectively. <laughs> and um, I need to see something out of Terry McLaurin. Cause I can't, trust him in those two matchups if I don't see something in him in him this week and it's a, not a great matchup for them but the Packers can be beat deep and that is Terry McLaurin's game. So I need to see something about Terry McLaurin so we can settle this stupid Terry McLaurin thing once and for all cuz I'm not going to keep kicking that can down the road. You know, unless he does poorly and then I have to say, well, you know, it's too soon to tell cuz you know, it's the Packers. So I have to keep making infinite excuses for Terry McLaurin. Well, lead, you're wondering about Packers wide receiver's not named DeVonte Adams.
1: Yeah. Which which wide receiver, Devontae Devontae, on the Packers do you want to start?
0: Jared Aberderis
1: The answer is not a goddamn one of them. They have not proven themselves. Um, as good as this matchup might be, you just you just can't do it. You can't. It's uh, uh Lazard had a hundred yards last week and a touchdown. Outside of that, you just over the last month, there's only Devontae Adams, some dump offs, running backs, but. You can't. It's just stay away from anyone other than Devontae Adams is all I'm basically saying.
0: Jeff Janis? No, sorry. Oh Jake Kumaro? Yeah. He's the same guy? The guy who- they have the triple they have the triple Spider Man pointing meme with Jared Aberderis yeah. and Jeff Janis. Oh, avoid your
1: training camp workout warriors <laughs> is what we're saying. Because hey. if they were good, they would have already been good by now. And none of these guys have stood out and they're not consistent enough.
0: That's your Alan, in this one, that's your uh, Alan Lazard and your Jake Kumaro. Well,
1: to be fair, Alan Lazard is the best of the bunch. And that itself is an indictment on that entire season four, outside of the bunch. Yeah.
0: Waleed well, got the, I, I'm wearing sunglasses inside because I'm <laughs> shook from losing a whole episode. And um, Waleed we'll got the push down sunglasses to look at him when I thought he said that Alan Lazard was playing well.
2: I thought you specifically put those sunglasses on to do that. No, they've been uh, on.
0: <laughs> um, so next one up, next game, Detroit at Minnesota. Two teams that are going to be scoreboard watching the Washington-Green Bay game. I don't know why Detroit would be scoreboard watching, but Minnesota will be. 43-point uh, over-under, and this is another super smash projection for Minnesota. 13-point favorites. And Walid is wondering if Stephon Diggs or Kenny Galladay is going to have a better game this
1: week. And I'm telling you this would be Stefan Diggs, and the reason for that is Kenny Galladay had a Great game last week against a uh, Bears defense, but two of his big, most of his numbers came on two really bad blown coverages. wow yeah. he was fine. I mean, for a 1st all game, he did nice, but he wasn't as good as he's being made out to be. And Minnesota's defense is—I I feel like they're going to destroy him. You got a week's worth of tape. You've seen some stuff, and he fell apart the second half hard uh Stefan Diggs is playing against the Lions defense that is well they're barely a defense they're pretty bad so Stefan Diggs is a guy I really like Kenny Galladay nervous about I mean I don't know that he's good
2: it's also important to note that they're not going to want to lean on Cook after his injury last week with the playoffs looming. all right Evan that, that Evan stole my thunder from the from the last episode? Let's talk about
0: these 10-year-olds playing beer pong, Evan.
2: Oh, man. every given Sunday and all. But this game feels like a college kid play, uh, facing off against a 10-year-old in beer pong. It's not even going to be close. My question is, Kirk Cousins' madness. Has it run away? Yahoo has Kirk Cousins' sixth overall. But couldn't Minnesota jump out to an early lead and just coast uh, uh, the rest of the way? Well, Evan, I think if they cut, jump out to an early lead,
0: it will be on the back of Kirk Cousins. Rather... And,
1: I'm sorry, i got to ask my question. Which uh, parents is letting their 10-year-old play beer pong? That is all I want to know. Why like, this is...
0: So I was actually thinking about this. How and are they going to train for the Olympics, dude? I think that... So Evan's got a couple six-year-olds. Evan's got a couple six-year-olds. I think if you start them now, just water pong, you can really have, like... You can have something on your hands. By the time they go to college, they could run. They could. They could run the school. By then, alcoholism should be an Olympic sport. Well, arguably, it it, uh, it it's treated like one sometimes by some people. But no, back to Kirk Cousins. If they're jumping out to an early lead because of the Dalvin Cook injury, I think it's because of Kirk Cousins. I don't think in a very, 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 very. I don't know how many varies I can put on here. Winnable matchup. They're not gonna want to give Dalvin Cook a heavy load. He's gonna be active for the game. He says he wants to play, but I don't know if he's getting more than like twelve touches because they're gonna they're they are gonna get out to an early lead. I think it's gonna be Kirk Cousins throwing all over him, and then it'll be the Alexander Madison show. Because they they are they have playoff aspirations, okay, and they need some some things need to happen for them to get there. And them beating Detroit is like the easiest box for them to check. So, I think that it'll be a Kirk Cousins game. I think that him being uh, ranked that high is because they will get out to an early lead and it'll be because of him. What I'm trying to figure out uh, in this one is uh, can Mr. Blau repeat his Thanksgiving performance? I'm not bullish on that. His big uh, 75 yards and a catch or 75 yards and a touchdown out of his uh, performance. Uh, came on one big busted coverage to Kenny Galladay, and I believe he ended with 240 and two. So it's not like, you know, it was 75 of 315 or something. It was, you know, like just uh, over 25% of his yards, give or take, were on that play. So it's like, you know... I am not confident that Mr. Blau is going to do this again, even though Minnesota has been shaky at times on uh, in past defense this year. So
1: I'm going to say that he can repeat his Thanksgiving performance. I'm pretty sure they're also going to lose this week.
0: Ooh, there you go. So he can perform. I, I mean, if you're really looking at two forty and two as something that you're trying to start, maybe in a two quarterback league. So uh, he wasn't. Gonna- Ah, I thought maybe you were thinking maybe garbage time. I was gonna say maybe garbage
1: time will get you there. I think I think when he starts, it's going to be garbage time. Like everything, every pass he makes is garbage time.
0: Willie, do you know what garbage time is? You keep saying
2: you're like it's all garbage time.
1: I just I'm just making fun of him. I'm okay. saying garbage. It's, I don't I didn't
2: think I was being that like the garbage man union has way too much power. It's, it's just 24 hours a day. Of garbage. Uh,
0: please do not be anti labor on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Notice how it became my podcast there. All right. Next one up game of the week. Game we all traveled around the, from around the country to see. Uh, one of the last most important games of the season. San Francisco at New Orleans, 44.5 and a half point over under. New Orleans two and a half point favorites. And right now we'll lead. Before we get to the questions, let's debut the uh Ask Your Lyft Driver segment of the week.
1: Yes. So as we brought to you by Uber. <laughs> Br- brought to you by Uber. <laughs> as we were leaving, uh we were talking to our lift driver because we were leaving the Saints practice facility where uh Jeff Evan and I were lucky enough to get to watch the Saints do their run through before the game. And we were talking to her and she told us uh And I'm quoting verbatim, listen to your Lyft driver. Uh, The San Francisco 49ers are going to whoop our ass. There it is.
0: That has been uh, this week's edition of Listen to Your Lyft Driver presented by Uber.
1: She will be a writer for us uh, in the future. She will. She'll have a
0: weekly article said listen to your Lyft driver. All right, Evan, you want to know how the man we call Lactavius, how Latavius Murray is going to perform this week against the San Francisco 49ers.
2: Yeah, I mean, his good games have correlated directly with Kamara missing games. And now he's playing the Niners. So, first of all, don't start him. Second of all, are they going to use him as weird trick plays? If so, maybe you can use him next week as a desperation flex. Or, week 16, Mar gets injured next week. Uh, for those of you who like Tavius Murray owners, you've just got a hold and you got to watch, see if they've got a plan for him or if he's just tomorrow's backup. I don't know what that was. <laughs> what was that? We
0: just had a. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Nobody died. Oh, my phone. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it picked up, but we had a loud thud in here. Um, so, Walid, he wants to know about Michael Thomas this weekend and uh how he's gonna look against this second rate uh, second ranks not second rate second ranked defense against uh, the wide receiver this season yeah Michael Thomas is
1: playing a San Francisco 49ers team that has been the number two fantasy defense uh, against wide receivers um but having said all of that, this is a prime example of don't sit your studs if there is any player in the NFL this year who has been matchup proof, it is Michael Thomas Thomas he has only had less than 50 yards twice this year um three times where he's been like under 89 yards he gets his yards on top of that uh he's only had two games where he's had less than 10 targets or I'm sorry three games basically Michael Thomas the matchup doesn't look the greatest but it doesn't matter who he's playing Michael Thomas has produced frankly next year He's he's the first wide receiver drafted yeah, in absolutely. fantasy leagues. The way he's been playing, when guys get paid, you would think that they drop off. He's only gotten better, and he was already really freaking good.
0: Yeah, and he's Evan's best friend now.
1: Oh, that's true. They, they uh, we were in the Saints um, meeting, the meeting team, room. team meeting, and, room. and he came in, said hi. They made eye contact. You can see it.
0: Evan's, oh, oh, Evan, oh. Evan's knees buckled. That's where he, he went swooned. to school.
2: of State. Yeah, that's why they're best friends. We're getting a lot of surprise questions like that. People who have, and this is Michael Thomas, so people who've had uh, a weak game the week before that are usually every starts, like George Kittle. Oh my gosh, they're going against New Orleans who holds tight end. Should I start somebody else? No. Come on. Go with the guy you brought to the dance, ladies.
0: Ladies. Yeah, Don't don't get cute. That's ultimately what what our I think that's what our message is for the playoffs is don't get cute,
1: don't sit your studs. The number one rule of fantasy football. The rule that we could
0: say because Mike Mike who vociferously disagrees and was correct with Raheem Mustard earlier this year. It's,
1: well, it's the fact of the matter is you got to the playoffs because of these guys. No, don't I know. Make-
0: yeah, it's it's um it's uh can you live with uh. Losing with Michael Thomas in, or Michael Thomas in your lineup or George Kittle in your lineup or the guy that that you are questioning. And that's what it ultimately comes down to. That's all the decisions that you're making, really. It's like, what do I think? he Like, if I'm wrong about this, am I OK losing if I'm wrong? And if you're if you're if you put in George Kittle and you're not feeling good about it and you're trying to decide between George Kittle and Vance McDonald and you're wrong and you put in Vance McDonald, you're going to want to jump out a window.
1: Like you're 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 just also you should be thrown out a window because you started advancing Donald over George Kittle.
2: Whereas if you start George Kittle and he loses the thing, you're just going down with the whole Titanic. Yeah, now, everybody's going down. It's gonna be yeah, exactly. You're
0: you're not gonna have to defenestrate yourself. No self defenestration. Um so uh, my question about, about this one is, um, is Raheem Mostert taking over for Tevin Coleman? Um, Tevin Coleman, since his three touchdown game against Carolina, has been just absolutely dreadful. Um, he's he's not doing anything. And it got kind of wallpapered over um, in the Green Bay game because the Niners literally started with the ball in their own two yard line on their first possession. And he got it about a yard and a half and they got shoved in by everybody else. But outside of that, I mean he's not running the ball well. He got out touched last week by uh Raheem Mostert, 21 to 6. Um, Mostert is out gaining him like crazy on the ground. He's uh Raheem Mostert looks to be like the starter. If you look, if you, if you took the names off the jersey, you said which one of the guys which one of these guys is the backup, which one of them is the starter? You'd think Mostert is the starter. He played like it last week, and I'm wondering if he's taking over for Coleman. Matt Breida coming back does gum up the works a little bit, but um i think that i mean kyle shanahan's done it for years he did it with tevin coleman and Devonta freeman before he's done it this year he can get multiple running backs quality touches in this offense and i'm checking to see who raheem oster who's about uh i think 50 percent owned now um if he's gonna if he's the the starter over tevin coleman if it's him and matt brita so that's what i'm looking for in this also i'm looking for a huge niners win baby
2: Okay, guys, I need to describe the scenario that's going on right now. <laughs> Jeff looks like Jack Nicholson, who's just calling the shots and is feeling himself. It's because I am calling the shots and I am feeling myself. Yeah, he looks that's like healthy two healthy. people. Yeah.
0: Oh, I have I have a an energy drink and a beer in front of me. So it's good
1: stuff, and sunglasses and FEMA
0: sunglasses. The, on.
1: the beer and the energy drink only go so far. This the is sunglasses on. they they bring it together.
2: This, this is hot. like a sixth gear of Jeff I've not seen before. It's great stuff. This is this is party, Jeff. All right.
0: A game that really I I know I hyped up Niners and uh, and Saints, but really the game that we're looking at this week, the huge ratification game, the game for the NFC or the AFC East's number three slot. Miami at the Jets, 45 and a half point over under Jets are five and a half point favorites. And we got two bounce back questions. Now I look like Nixon. Got two bounce bounce back questions.
1: Sunglasses Nixon.
0: Sunglasses Nixon, that's me baby. That's what they always called me. How do you they called me that growing up. Will wants to know if the Jets defense is going to bounce back.
1: I want to point out that the people Jeff grew up with were the most uncool people that anyone has ever hung out with. That's true.
0: They were my friends. I mean, uh, let's let's be real here. All right.
1: Did you, did you start with me? I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, so we, I did. I got distracted because I was too busy making fun of Jeff and uncool Nixon. So, no. So, we're talking about the New York Jets here. The New York Jets defense um, over the last month, like last week against Cincinnati, they got and the fact of the matter is it just happens. They Their schedule has been one of the softest over the last month and what they've done in that last month, they have destroyed teams. Uh, they they panned the Giants, Washington, Oakland. Uh, this week, they were bad, but playing Miami again. And I like them to have a bounce back compared to the first performance against Miami because, frankly, it's hard to lose to the same team twice in the NFL. And that team is the Miami Dolphins. Like, <laughs> when you're that bad, losing to them twice and Cincinnati, if that happens, I will say this the Jets are the in football, there's no, there's no, no denying. It. But the matchup is good. That game tape, I'm what? You know, I was giving you. Adam yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, <laughs> Adam gay size I was uh, just watching Adam my out.
2: face at the thought of New York Jets losing two to Miami this year. That was that was when I was. Uh, it's there a possibility face?
1: because they lost one? But Jets defense has been really freaking good at fantasy, especially against these mediocre opponents. And Miami has given up the third most fantasy points to opposing defenses. So I feel like this is a defense. This is the last chance you're going to have to really roll that Miami defense. Because after that, it's just Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Buffalo. And this is the first time they're actually playing real teams.
0: Wait, Miami defense or the Jets defense? Yes. Yes. Okay, you said Miami defense, he lost oh, no. me there. For the Miami
1: thing. team is what I meant to
0: ah, say. Ah, gotcha. All right, Evan. Sam Darnold, is he going to bounce back? People, if you
2: have Darnold on your team and you're thinking of starting him, people start him. Sure, he had two points, 10 points last week. Sure, he had 16 points against the Dolphins a few weeks ago. But in between there, he had 23 points, 32 points, 31 points. He's clicking. He's clicking even more than he was five weeks ago when he had just gotten off. Enlarge spleen, mononucleosis, and face the Miami Dolphins. This is a different Sam Darnold. Either start him or bench him and get somebody else out. I'm watching to see for next year. Is he clicking enough to Robbie Anderson, where Robbie Anderson enters the top four rounds conversation? Mm -hmm. Is he clicking enough for this backup tight end that his uh, regular tight end enters the conversation at all? Uh... Maybe not, because who knows? The dude got suspended. But that's what I'm watching for. I'm I'm thinking about next year with the Jets, and I'm expecting a huge bounce back for Sam Darnold.
0: All right. Yeah. Um, This is – people were holding on to Darnold for this stretch of the season, and he kind of fell on his face against Cincy last week. But, um, I mean, he's had three out of four games in this stretch that have been good. So keep rocking, keep rolling with Sam Darnold. I think he'll bounce back. What I'm looking for is my boy, my boy Michael Gusecki. Uh, Mike says he makes you sicky, but he hasn't made you sicky. Three out of the last five weeks, he's been a top five tight end. And in that span, over the last five overall, number six tight end, they're fighting him properly, which is don't walk. He can't walk. It's his big group. But like people are saying he, he can't get off. Well, guess what? Just use him like a big wide receiver. Use him like they used Aaron. Um, so. so they're giving him the ball. They're giving him routes.
1: What's that? Using him like Aaron Hernandez. I said double homicides.
0: Rude. Uh, Aaron Hernandez, according to my Lyft driver yesterday, made $40 million a year. So please, <laughs> please have some respect for Aaron, for Aaron Hernandez. Um, but Mike Kosicki, he, he's over his last five games. He's on a pace for over 100 targets for the season. He's had at least six targets in, th- in all five games, and um, he's, Playing well, like I said. So I want to see if Mike Kosicki playing himself into top 8, top 10, top 12 discussion for next season. Or if he's going to fall flat flat back on his face and we're done with Mike Kosicki forever. I will disown Mike Kosicki. That's not true. I will still put him in every sleeper article for next season. He's
1: still uh, a tight
0: end. We love tight ends. Isn't the official motto of, of Football Absurdity that tight, all tight ends are good? Always. This is this is, this is going to be. Except
2: uh, for Vance and except for this week.
0: They're all equally good, we'll say. They're, there's the way around. All right. Next one up Denver at Houston, 41.5 point over, under, and Houston are nine point favorites. And, um, Evan, you want to talk about Houston being uh, Yahoo's number three projected defense, but the Chargers have, were a bad matchup last week against Denver. I
2: have a theory that the projections on most popular sites are overflated inflated for defenses facing a new quarterback. Because new quarterbacks generally get put on a pitch count. They generally get uh, sort throws. They generally try to not let them make mistakes. But I see all these sites put the defenses, mediocre defenses in the top five because they're playing a new quarterback. And I want to make sure, Houston is the definition of a mediocre defense. They're so-so. I want to make sure that this proves that you can't just pick up a mediocre defense based on having a new quarterback. You should better off pick up a better defense playing a better team or anything else. I mean, San Diego, excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego scored one <laughs> point last week.
0: Yeah, it's – um, it's, I mean, maybe they're banking on uh, um, Phillip Rivers doing what he did against Oakland again. I don't know, but it's uh, – we'll, we'll see. And that's definitely one of those – We'll see what we see with that one sort of thing. So, um, Waleed wants to know if anybody in Denver is startable except for Cortland Sutton, and I'm wondering if this is like a rest of season thing um, with Philip Lindsay. And uh, I mean, let's be clear here: if it's Philip Lindsay that you're talking about, I mean, Royce Freeman's not startable. No, he isn't.
1: Yeah, no I'm uh, just saying, no one who's yeah. It's just uh, it's and honestly, I'm not sure that I like Philip Lindsay once because frankly. <laughs> They're going to make Drew Locke beat them with an arm. They're gonna stack the box against Lindsay, which is gonna limit the production. Um and I don't think Drew Locke can Cortland Sutton is terrible because I mean he's been I trust him. He's earned the right to keep starting. Him. Other than that, I want no shares of Denver offense.
0: Speaking of shares that Denver offense uh my question is I mean you're you're right. I mean Philip Lindsay, we'll see. That that's the really the only question is will we it's a, it's all wait and see with Philip Lindsay, but it's not a uh, an exciting thing to uh, try to invest in. But what I'm trying to figure out is how Drew Locke looks in his second start. He had some throws that were good, like tight he had some good tight window throws with some zip on them that that got to the target. But then he had some just absolutely dreadful throws that you're wondering if why he's on an NFL field. It was his first game. We'll give him some leeway, but what I want to see is uh, how he does in his second start. Is he improved? Is he doing the same thing? You know, I just want to see how he looks to see if he enters that streaming discussion for next season. Um, Or are the Broncos getting, you know, their. Let's see, Peyton Manning, Brock Osweiler, uh, Case Keenum, uh, Joe Flacco, uh, Brandon Allen, Paxton Lynch. Lynch. Uh, Let's be
1: clear, last year of his career, Peyton Manning. Well, yeah. Before that, he was fine. Otherwise, he does not belong in a category with any of those guys.
0: Uh yeah, the last, the same category is they're all Denver Broncos quarterbacks. Check oh, and
1: listing terrible quarterbacks.
0: Oh, I was. Let's see, check and mate for that. Uh, next game up, the Chargers at the Jaguars. It is a or Jaguars, what have you? A forty-two and a half point over under. Chargers are three-point favorites in a game that's just two teams that are just. If you see the graphic, they're technically in the hunt, but more realistically, they are out of the playoff picture. They're all just kind of playing out the thread. So, Waleed wants to know if Melvin Gordon breaks 100 yards in this one.
1: Yeah, what I'm talking about is if you drafted uh, Melvin Gordon, you probably got him late. You're still probably fairly disappointed in him. I'm not going to lie. Um, last year, he was he was not he was the... What the hell is his name? Why am I drawing a blank on it? Rams running back. who Todd Gurley. He wasn't Todd Gurley. He wasn't McCaffrey. He wasn't uh, Alvin Kamara. But he wasn't that far short of those guys. This year, he's, I mean, at best, it has been a high RB2. And it's just, it's been a disappointment. And I'm not 100% sure he's going to hit that 100-yard mark going on the road to Jacksonville.
0: I said it before, and I'll say it again. I disagree with you that he's been a high-end running back, too. I think he's been a low-end running back, one, Walid. And I'm really disappointed that you didn't take that to heart from the last time that we talked. It's really making me wonder if you actually listen when I tell you things.
1: I listen. I made a point to say the exact same thing. I'm not going to change my opinion just because you have a different you got
0: to change your opinion because I have a different one. That's how this works.
1: Uh, uh, Hold on, the wind. It sounds like it's really windy
2: in here. I'm
0: hearing there's a lot of wind blowing through.
2: Oh, it's Jeff. Oh, Jeff's yeah. here. Okay. Hi, Jeff. Do you want
0: Hunter Henry or Austin Hooper this week, Evan? i mean getting
2: that a lot of questions. And I'm not here to tell you who to start or sit. I'm here to teach you how to finish. But here I'm going to do both. First of all, start Henry over Hooper. Sure, Hooper has averaged number one uh, points per game of tight end. But Henry's averaged the fifth. And it's okay in this tight end wasteland to get eight points versus 10 points. Uh, but Hooper, we don't know. We don't know if he's a decoy, or if he's okay, he's just coming in the field off an MCL injury, watch Hooper to make sure he's not he's not limping or, or, or dragging it and getting his targets. And then after that, weeks going forward, weeks 15 and 16, you can start Hooper. But this week, take the floor, especially because your opponent might be starting a tight end who has a floor zero.
1: I'm going to go back, I think, because I want to point out real quick that last year... Um Gordon was averaging 5.1 yards a carry. This year, he's only averaging 3.9 yards a carry. Yards per game was like 74 yards a game, as opposed to 59 yards a game this year. Like, there has been a drop in production from what he's doing. And when you drafted him, you drafted him later because of the holdout. But he has not lived up.
0: Over the last four games, so he had his four games, his his warm-up. Over the last four games, he's played on a pace for 1,424 rushing yards. 344 receiving yards, 12 touchdowns, and he's averaging 4.68 yards per carry. I used different stats from the first time that we talked about this. Because you didn't listen to me the first time. It's
1: fine. You didn't listen to me the first time. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying he's been a disappointment for what you expected. You expected him to be a high-end RB1. He has not been that this year.
0: I'm just going to keep the silence going. This is ridiculous.
2: This is preposterous. Ladies and gentlemen, Wally and Jeff have taken their shirts off and are currently arm wrestling in the middle of the floor. I'm I
1: really that. annoyed that you didn't mention that I rubbed baby oil on myself before getting ready to arm wrestle.
2: Oh, is that what the sheen is caused by? Okay. <laughs> it's not
0: the the it's grease. Not,
1: it's not, not the that my Twelve
0: point pounds point point of fried food in the last. <laughs> it's not my
1: glisten. No. It's
0: not. <laughs> So what I'm looking for in this one is a uh, uh, Gardner Minshew's back, baby, uh, since he got benched in a game where he threw for 309 yards, but no touchdowns. Um, and before that game, he was on a 25 touchdown two t- two interception pace before getting benched. Like I said, I want to see what he does with this offense, because I was thinking about it um, the other day and for 2020. If they can, if they can put it all together, they've got some quality pieces there in the receiving game with Conley, with um, uh, DJ Chark, with DD uh, uh, D- D- Westbrook and uh, Leonard Fournette catching passes now, and Ed Oliver's coming back. I want to see Gardner Minshew really put it together and have a very good game, if possible, as good a game as possible. Um, I know it's going to be hard against the Chargers pass rush, but I want to see how he does because I want to get excited about the Jags passing game in 2020. So that's what I'm looking for in this one is uh, what the return of Minshew mania means for the Jags.
1: I would argue that if you've watched Gardner Minshew this year, you're already excited for that passing game in 2020 because he has had a really good year.
0: He's been inconsistent, though. So that's the only thing. So, I, mean, I want to see. I want to see. He well, got Guys, Butt bench? I want to see him take step Compare case. him to
1: Daniel Jones. Who have you been more impressed with this year, honestly?
0: Why do I have to be the worst quarterback in like the
1: worst? Well, what if it was a top ten draft pick? That's the difference.
0: I mean, sure, okay. I I I got nothing. I got no response to, be to that because I was no, never excited about you acting like I was ever really. I know you're saying, but I, Jones, I'm, I'm rewriting history. I kept calling him Danny Dimes. I'm rewriting history.
1: But to be fair, like Daniel Jones is uh as hard as we are on him. Like I've heard the arguments about his turnovers, but Peyton Manning threw for like a, a league high interception rate just like daniel jones like rookies make those mistakes daniel jones has shown flashes of why he was a top 10 quarterback but having said that gardner Minshew has also shown like the differences in their draft position for where he was drafted and what you're getting out of him there's a lot to be excited about
0: okay i mean yeah i i i I, come week one of next year i don't give one iota of a crap about what their draft stock was that's what I'm saying
1: true but I'm saying from what we've seen from this year for rookie they're like even if he even if he poops to bed the next uh weeks I'm still going to be excited for Gardner Minshew because he showed me enough to make me think he he can build on that
0: okay sounds good so uh next game up is uh Tennessee at Oakland uh 48 point over under Tennessee two and a half point favorites Evan wants to know about this uh Josh Jacobs' uh, a fra- shoulder fracture thing. What's going on and with that?
2: He shows up on the injury report all week. Every week he drops great numbers. Uh, if you're like me, you've got him in the playoffs, and uh, he's going to play this week. But I'm wondering about weeks 15 and 16 because his shoulder has to be getting worse, unless it's just you know a Bill Belichick easy and strategy to put him on the injury report every week. So I want to see if he shifts to favor his other shoulder when he's lowering it and, 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 and trying to push through the pile. I want to know, if maybe I should put somebody else in weeks uh, 15 or 16 when it, when it happens. Uh, so I'm watching uh, Josh Jacobs specifically to see how bad that shoulder injury. Is it as bad as they seem to say it, or is it not? Because he's a guy who I might be starting weeks 15 and 16 who might give me a flop that I could have seen coming on. Yeah, and it don't fit.
0: <laughs> so um, in this one, uh, Walid, what you're looking for is you want to know if anybody uh, wants uh, wants an A.J. Brown?
1: I'm saying uh, fire up your A.J. Brown shares Now, here's my thought on this is A.J. Brown is the number one receiver in Tennessee, which is not necessarily the most exciting prospect. But the fact is that that team – is a lot better than he has been uh in a passing and offense offensively overall. Um what what I'm excited about is I feel like if you desperately need someone like you are a six seed who's looking to start uh who has to be a three seed maybe you have like a left who's not who's out this year need, he's
0: got tons of yeah, troubles.
1: Yeah and you need someone who's gonna possibly put up a big game. Uh AJ Brown's a boomer buffs but when he booms he is unbelievable. Like He's a guy next to him who's going to be really, really strong. He, people are going to love him. He's going to go high. He should go high. He is, like, he earned draft stock. I'm saying this is a week where if you need to go for a home play, A.J. Brown is the guy you want to be. All
0: right, and my question piggybacks off that, which is the Ryan Tannehill situation. Ryan Tannehill's had double-digit. Touched or double digit. He's had multiple touchdowns in every single game he started this year, um, which is six straight. He's been a top five, top six uh, quarterback in, in the last six weeks or his last six games, seven weeks because of the bye. Um, he's been a startable quarterback. And my question is, is if. Is Ryan Tannehill gonna end up with you with egg on your face for starting him, and you are like, come on, I really should have thought that through with Ryan Tannehill? Or is he gonna is he gonna run run the table? And because it's an either or prospect for your season, because Ryan Tannehill when he's when he's gonna implode, I think it's gonna it's gonna be a a weak killer for you. So it's like you're either if you got Tannehill and you're starting him, you're either riding him to your championship or you're riding him. Till you can't anymore.
2: But where but where is he going to implode against Oakland's non-existent secondary? Week fifteen against Houston's bizarrely bad secondary. Week sixteen against New Orleans' weak spot secondary. Where
0: well, we, we we, we to- just got done talking about. There's only one good wide receiver in Tennessee. It's AJ Brown. He's the number one wide receiver, and even then, he's inconsistent.
2: Oh, I think you'll disagree when you see my DFS lineup. And uh,
0: and what you got there in New Orleans, you got, he's going to get lattimore you know? And at the same time, my question is not the matchups. My question is Ryan Tannehill spent, what is this? Three, four, five, six, seven years in Miami.
1: Yeah. But, um, my counterpoint is that time was spent in Miami. Um,
0: and Tennessee is better.
1: Well, apparently it is because Miami looks like hot trash. Um, I'm not sure. I believe that they know how to develop a Because I'll tell you what now, what Tannehill is doing this year.
0: If, if Tannehill is – no, 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 no. You can't have – I don't think Miami can develop a quarterback and Ryan Tannehill is going to do well. Because if anybody developed Ryan Tannehill, it is the seven years he spent in Miami, not the seven months he spent I'm in
1: Tannehill. I'm not sure they weren't hamstringing him. Because the fact of the matter is, as soon as he left Miami, he's starting to show that he was – a legitimate quarterback. You were uh, in the previous podcast that was unfortunately lost to the sands lost of time. To the, yes, the sands of time. Uh, you mentioned that yeah. everyone was making excuses for Mariota, that it was the players around it, the pieces around him. Uh, the minute Tannehill had those pieces, he showed, oh, if I have an offensive, a functioning offense, I can do things. And he has. So I feel like my answer was a problem with Tannehill. And we're seeing things. He's been good. He's been really good since he's taken over.
2: It's pretty black and white. Tennessee's quarterback management is better than my quarterback management sense to cut to pitch Mariota after four seasons, whereas Miami's team management didn't have the sense to bench Tannehill after four seasons. Therefore, Tannehill will do great on Tennessee
1: i love that Fair-tide. Fair-tide. So much. You, can, you can't you can't find a flaw in that level of analytics right there it's like a circle <laughs> all
0: right so my point was is we have a much larger sample size of ryan Tannehill being bad than ryan Tannehill being good the team team change be damned it's not going to make a bad quarterback good overnight it's going to make a bad quarterback competent and is but He's throwing the ball the last three games like 18, 19, and 22 times. You, I don't feel comfortable with that. And my question, literally my question, is, is he going to vomit all over himself? And if so, when? That's my question. So next game.
1: Well, my thought is basically, I just want to say, um, until he vomits over himself, I'm willing to trust him.
0: That's yeah. what Thanks. I said. I said you're going to ride him either to your championship or you're going to ride him until you're out of the playoffs.
1: Okay. That's what, what I said. We are yelling at each other about the exact same thing from completely different
2: angles. Because you don't listen. No, Jeff and Waleed have both entered the ring and stripped down to <laughs> tiny speed-ups in our I'm doing, I'm doing in the, headlo- They've locked each other up.
1: I'm doing the Haka
0: right now before... <laughs> All right, I got a little too feisty.
1: One of us is dead.
0: I got a little too feisty there. All right, a game that should also hopefully be feisty... Uh, Kansas City and New England. I hope that transition worked. Forty-eight and a half point over under. Uh, New England three-point favorites will lead. Wants to know which New England running back are you starting?
1: And here's the fact of the matter: you are starting a New England running back because Kansas City has given up the second most fantasy points to opposing running backs. And this is a week where I really love Sony Michelle. The only concern I have in this game about setting a New England running back is that I might start the wrong one. Um, but Sonny Michel is the guy there and I don't think Kansas City can stop him. And I don't think they're gonna be throwing it as much because I don't think Tom Bay. I don't think Tom Brady's gonna to throw it. Like I don't think he's got he's been a pretty big disappointment so far. So I love Sony Michelle this week.
0: What about James White?
1: I actually like James White a lot this week too. I just like Sony Michelle a little bit more.
0: All right, all right, all right. So um so Evan wants to know if this isn't a shootout, which it hopefully is for the sake of our fantasy lineups, if it's because New England's offense does the Ryan Tannehill and throws up all over themselves, or the my the the uh, New England defense does the Ryan
2: Tannehill and is incredible. Yeah, I just want to know: is this gonna be another Kansas City New England shootout? So in which case, I can just not worry about stuff. Or is this gonna be a case where Kansas City, who's given up the second least points to fantasy wide receivers, somehow holds up the every time consistent Julian in Which did I gotta think about stuff? Or is it because New uh, England's defense just gets put a 50 burger on them? In which case, I gotta think about starting them again. No, I don't gotta do that. They have. Buffalo and Cincinnati in the playoffs, but yeah, I just want this to be another year of Kansas City in New England, good for five to eight touchdowns. Like, to let me just. That's we Yeah. So I have a question for you guys.
0: I got a question. For
2: you.
0: Uh. So last season, what team had their star running back their their starter go down, and then they had a a a, a messy. Uh. Um, platoon situation until one guy exploded in the last month of the the season or so. Buzz, who is the Kansas City Chiefs? That is the Kansas City Chiefs. I have another question.
1: He's won!
0: He's won (laughs) the right to start Darwin Thompson this week. My question is is darwin thompson a league winner is he this season's damian williams that's what i want to know last week in garbage time against oakland 11 carries 44 yards and a touchdown not really concerned about that because it's garbage time i want to know we were worried all season long well not me i knew that he was going to be trash but people were were acting like Damian Williams was going to be this this amazing league winner in the second round because. Well, because
1: all of Sir was very anti Damian Because yes, because
0: because we know what he, we're talking about. Because he's bad. He's bad. He's not a good running back. He's he's a good pass catching back, and that's it. But he's not a he's not a starter. Um, so we were all everybody was saying, No, oh, it's the offense, it's the offense, it's the offense. Well, Darwin Thompson's gonna have his chance this week. Damian Williams is out, Daryl Williams is banged up, LaShawn McCoy is probably gonna fumble it, and it it'll be you know, Darwin Thompson's probably getting twelve to fifteen touches this week. And what I wanna know is 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 this when Darwin Thompson starts to take control of this offense and we have a league winner on our hands, um, for the rest of the season. So um that's what I'm looking at in this one, is 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 Darwin Thompson finally going to um, do what we have hoped and dreamed of with all the memes and the 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 constant wasting of Fab, picking him up and dropping him. Is he finally going to reward us this season? Even if he does it this week, can you trust him against Denver Week
2: Fifteen and Chicago Week Sixteen?
1: I would say that this week is the harder one to trust him in. Really I think, so fun. Jewish Jewish point. Them, yeah. but I do think that Denver and Chicago are better matchups. The fact of the matter is, where I stand on this is. Well, in my waiver wire article this week, I recommended picking Darwin Thompson. And I basically said we're starting uh, our fantasy football playoffs the week we started the season. Loving Darwin. Thompson. The that fact is, is, I think he's just, the the thing is, he's just talented. Like to me, it's the eye test. I look at him and I think he's going to do good things. Uh he might not do week against Darwin Thompson. He might against New England, but I think. He's a guy in those last two weeks who could win you the championship. I, I like this is my heart overriding my head because I'm not a guy to start a waiver flyer a guy who hasn't done anything all year in my fantasy playoffs. But if I need to, he's a guy who I, I think you can do it.
2: Let me tell you, I've got three guys who are almost as available and more likely to win you a championship. Let me just Google here, should I drop David Johnson? Oh, look, we're number one. And I scroll down here, and I'm talking about people you should drop David Johnson for. And as soon as our super fast loading website decides to connect, I will tell you them. First of all, Bitty Snell Jr., who coming up has had 37 carries on pitch with Montrose defense. Second of all, I'm wondering how we got so many hits when the site won't load. Well, anyway, while I load this up, somebody fill airtime here. What I'm saying is, you are definitely. Oh, here we go. Right. That's, that's what did it. Uh, Raheem Mostert, 13% owned. Uh, Darius Guys, 50% owned. I'd rather have any of those guys over Darwin Thompson. Knowing that the people are going to come back, and, and, and although they're not as good as Darwin Thompson, they still seem to cut into
1: his workload. See, to me, he's about an upside. And uh, Darius, Guest, I think, is a talented guy. Uh, but the problem is he played for Washington, and I think Washington is a dumpster fire that I want very little parts of. Very much more than I even get behind. Him, uh, because I'm not sure.
0: We're uh, talking Kansas City, New England,
1: yeah. Well, we're talking so- about.
0: Guys. Well, we David went from Thompson. we went from we're talking Darwin Thompson talking, and, we Johnson, guys, and we got guys, to David Johnson and we got to take
1: over Darwin
2: Thompson.
1: OK, well, my point was I don't want any shares of Washington's offense. Um, Benny Snell actually. I mean, I'm on board with that and we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but I think Darwin Thompson has the highest ceiling of all of them. And that is something that wins you fantasy football leagues.
0: So next game up, um, now that we put uh, the Chiefs and the Patriots, that is Pittsburgh, Arizona. Um, it's 43-point over-under, two-and-a-half favorites. Evan wants to know, so the, so the Steelers are on their 12th string running back, their 20th string wide receiver, their 8th string quarterback, and he wants to know, Where does it end? Where does it stop? Because we're still getting fantasy
2: value out of that. That means a ton for you owners who are looking to pick up people. James Washington, 38% owned. Benny Snell, James Washington, who's gone nuts with the new quarterback. Benny Snell, who's had 37 carries over the last two games, 48% owned. Vance McDonald, I'm going to assume 0% owned, because that's (laughs) what he said. All of these guys are great fantasy football plays this week. Uh, It's amazing how getting stripped down usually reduces a team's fantasy viability. But Pittsburgh's getting stripped down seems to make it uh, the, the the rich diamond mine for these guys who are going to lead you to the
1: fantasy victory in weeks 14, 15, and 16. I'm, I'm right there with you. I will tell you right now. So my question is basically, will Vance McDonald take advantage of a terrible Arizona defense? And I'm going to say something I never thought I would say. I'm going to recommend a tight end. Um, if you've read me, you know me, you know that I'm not that big a fan of tight ends. And there are people who will try to argue. Last week, uh, Tyler Higby was a guy I was recommending. I think the entire – all of us will recommend that you start Tyler Higby against Arizona because Arizona does not know how to cover tight end. They've given up the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends.
0: Yeah, um, we're, we're all on team – Hashtag don't overthink it, team. Well, hashtag uh, fantasy isn't well, that hard.
1: Well, we are also on team uh, Vance McDonald, not very good at tight end. Uh Jeff,
0: Google Vance McDonald are, sleeper. Yeah. If you're, yeah.
1: Uh, why your sleeper sucks? Jeff was vehement in how bad Vance McDonald is, and I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. This week, I will make the exception for the same reason. Last year, when he played Tampa Bay, I made an exception because when he played Tampa Bay last year, who gave up the most fantasy points to tight ends last year, he had hundred and twelve yards, one touchdown on four receptions.
0: The stiff Basically, arm game. The stiff yeah, arm game. The
1: stiff arm game. game. Basically, uh Vince McDonald, he's fine when team doesn't know how to defend the tight <laughs> Uh when they know how to play defense, he struggles. But Arizona does not know how to stop him. You saw that because if you started Tyler Hickby, you yeah. got points. This is Vance McDonald's points. Start Vance McDonald's is what I am saying. He's available uh, because he's bad, but luckily for you, Arizona is worse.
0: <laughs> That's true. They are literally the worst against tight ends. So um, my question is, uh, does, Van- or does Vance McDonald, I got Vance McDonald on the brain. Does James Washington continue to rock and roll? At this point, he's reaching set and forget status for your fantasy team, and uh, he's got over ninety yards and a touchdown three out of the last four weeks. And this just speaks to Evan's question: It's like, how many of these guys do we have to lose before uh, the Steelers don't have a good fantasy option? And the the answer is at least one more because James Washington has been incredible. So I want to see if he continues to rock and roll, or if you know the Devlin Hodges show just finally <clears throat> knocks him off of his axis because you can only you can only do so much uh with uh with a with a mr duck hodges no matter how many ducks you shoot with him, you still got to catch ducks from him and, and who shoots ducks
2: with mr hodges james washington yeah
0: speaking of ducks the seahawks there you go speaking of flight uh, of uh uh seabirds seahawks rams uh, 46 and a half point over under it is a pick 'em game I do not know why this is a pick 'em game because the Seahawks have been very good and the Rams have not been what? that way
1: yeah you said that i was surprised <coughs> that makes me a little nervous actually because that makes me think Vegas knows something I don't it makes
0: me very excited because it makes me think think that vegas knows something that we don't as a 49ers fan yeah so, um, in this one, uh, Willie, do you want to know if Russell Wilson is slumping in fantasy? And if so, what are the ramifications of that?
1: Well, here's the thing. is If you've been, if you've been a Russell Wilson guy, he's been great for you. But the last few weeks, he, his numbers have dipped. Uh, what hasn't been is Seahawks <clears throat> wins. And the fact of the matter is, you do not sit your studs. I understand he's had a rough couple of games, but Russell Wilson got you in your fantasy playoffs. So, you got to that train fill it ends. That's my thoughts basically on Ross Wilson.
2: Oh, well, you got breaking news here. Okay. Okay, and this will make everything fall into place. Sure, sure, it opened as an even line, but it's no longer an even line. Obviously, the universe is course corrected, and now the Rams are picked to win by 1.5 points.
1: Wow. You know what that means? The Rams are probably going to win. It's the only Los Angeles. It means a called. bunch of people from Los Angeles drove to Vegas. Yeah. How are the Rams favored against the Seahawks? Are they playing <laughs> in Los Angeles? Even still, it doesn't make any sense. Because there's going to be more Seahawks fans than Los Angeles fans because there are no Los Angeles fans. They don't care about football. Why is this happening? Why is it so, it's so weird. about it? It's so it's weird. I don't
2: understand this at all. I- I'm wondering if there's a long piece about this. this, uh, is- this- and because what I'm thinking is, it's sure, Goff finally had a what I call a dead Goff bounce last week where he came back after single-digit performances for three straight games. But except for Robert Woods, no one has seemed to be immune to, and Robert Woods still threw up a zero in week 11, I believe, he was injured. Uh, but no one else has been immune to Goff's struggles in performance. Uh, Cooper Cup had a bad week. Uh, Todd Gurley's had been off and on. And so I'm, I'm wondering if he can't pull it out here against a Seattle defense that on a great team but still middle of the road, if maybe we don't start looking at our Cooper Cups and our Robert Woods and our our Todd Gurley as maybe flexes. And yeah,
1: here, here, here's the thing that we had a conversation about Russell Wilson is now about how oh, you don't sit your studs. On that same logic, Jared Goff, the, that Goff bounce. Here's the don't sit
0: your stud, Jared Goff.
1: Yeah. Jared Goff, uh, yeah, he's had an amazing game last week against Arizona, who's also given up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. So what I'm learning there is, yeah, Goff can do well against a team that's trash. The Seattle Seahawks, however, uh, are not a trash team. In fact, they are one of the best teams in football. So
2: Jeff, you're out of the room, so I can't wait to get your take on this amazing fact I looked up. Uh, The universe is corrected. The uh, Rams are no longer a push against Seattle. They're Wait, now by one and, a half points. one and a half points. Yeah, I hear all. Yeah, I, I, I see all. all it's tiny shotgun apartment. Yeah,
0: yeah, little shotgun house. Um. So my question does go a little bit off of uh, the Jared Goff that dead Goff bounce that you guys were talking about. And it's if uh, Todd Gurley can have back to back quality games, Uh, because Todd Gurley this season has not done that yet. I mean, the closest he came was um, weeks uh, one and two, actually, where he had 97 uh, rushing yards, four receiving yards, and then 67 all purpose yards the next game. And since then, he hasn't been able to put Two, sorry, I thought Evan was raising his hand. Sorry. I thought Evan had a question, <laughs> and he hasn't put in back-to-back quality games uh, really since then. I mean, he had 73 and 97 uh, Pittsburgh and and Chicago, but um, he followed up his 97 yard game with a 22 yard game, and now he's got 115 yards last week. So, what's he gonna do this week? I'm wondering, and I'm worried. Um, if it's, if it's the knee is causing an issue cause they ramp it up and it flares up and he has some trouble. Cause I've said it before. I, I do not purport to be as athletic or have, uh, anywhere close to the same medical staff, but I have an arthritic mm. knee and it flares up and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's essentially useless. So I'm wondering if that's the problem is that, um, he's getting these weird workloads. Cause I mean, just, <clears throat> He had 25 carries in that 97 yard game. Then he had six against Baltimore. Then he had 19 last week. So what's it going to be this week? Is it going to be nine? Is it going to be eight? Is it going to freaking tank you in your fantasy playoffs? So that's what I want to see about Todd Gurley if he can put back to back quality games together.
1: And the fact is, you can't trust him to do it at this point because he hasn't. He to. hasn't.
0: Yeah, exactly. He hasn't done it yet. So at this point, I mean, if you got Gurley, I mean, you got to—he's you he's in, he's in, he's he's in your flex. He's in your yeah. flex. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. So uh, last game on the docket, Giants at Philly, 45 point over under. Philly, nine and a half point favorites. Evan wants to know about um, Miles Sanders. People are having some worries with Miles Sanders because there's an inkling of an iota, of a rumor that Jordan Howard might be activated for Monday night's game. But...
2: Yeah, I see a lot of people getting scared because they're like, well, what if he gets active and I won't be able to put somebody else in for Miles Sanders. People, that's not how it works. Miles Sanders has been coming up all year, even with Jordan Howard there Just start your Miles Sanderses. And of course, I'll be watching to make sure that's the case because weeks 15 and 16, Howard should be there. And maybe if Miles seeds a bunch of carries, yeah, I'll accept defeat. So that's what I'm watching for. But I am starting Miles Sanders and not looking back, regardless of what uh, what uh, Howard State is. And to pick you that
1: off of that, Jordan uh, Howard's missed the last month of football, and Miles Sanders is very clearly runaway with that style. He is starter in Philadelphia as far as I'm concerned. He's been really strong, and you drafted him in third round for a reason. Third round, right? Did I get that right, or was it second round? Uh, like it either the way. One. Yeah, either way, you drafted a, you drafted him
0: high. You're going to start. I'm a big Miles Sanders fan, and I don't see any way you can see him even still. Okay, so Miles Sanders or Emmanuel
1: Sanders? Miles.
0: M- Miles Sanders or uh uh deon sanders miles miles sanders or bernie sanders
1: miles sanders <laughs> or colonel sanders <laughs> that
0: was my next one all right evan let's talk darius slayton or Willie, let's talk darius slayton yeah.
1: I'll, I'll evan I'll,
0: you can talk I'll, about him too
1: i'll give this los
2: angeles times article about why the rams and seahawks were pick up
1: um my thought on darius slayton is very simple um You should already be starting him. He has been a top 20 wide receiver in targets uh, in the last four weeks. Darius Slayton has emerged as a guy in the New York Giants offense. The problem is the New York Giants offense is still kind of trash. Now, I know there are some concerns with Eli Manning uh, starting, but at the same time, New York Giants versus Philadelphia. The only thing you need to know is the number two and number three uh, defenses. They give up the most. They're number two, number three in yards or points, fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. Basically, if you have Derry Slayton, you have Sterling uh, Shepherd, you have Alshon Jeffrey. You're starting all of them because they're going to get a lot of points.
0: Yeah, I mean. I can't really argue with you about that. Um, so, I guess what I'll do instead is I'll just move on to my uh, my next question. And I'm calling an audible, boys. My question on the dock is about Eli Manning, but I learned that question is dumb. So what I'm what I'm <laughs> what I'm checking instead is on Dallas Goddard. So Dallas Goddard has been Ooh. playing well lately. Um, he's been <clears throat> he's had a at least um, it, he's had twelve. I'm sorry. Let me try that again. He's had double digit full PPR points in uh, three straight games and four out of his, or sorry, five out of his last six. So I want to know with this uptick in targets, because he had he's had uh, uh, over his last four games five targets, six targets, eight targets, seven targets. If, much like my question with Mike Kosicki, if he's playing himself into more fantasy consideration next season, um, because if you remember back to the offseason, Philly wanted to run two tight end sets. They wanted to run more two tight end sets. They wanted to get Dallas Goddard more involved, but Dallas Goddard got hurt and now he's finally healthy. And so um, I want to know if Dallas Goddard is playing his way into, uh, you know, top 10, top 12 consideration next year at tight end in that back end miasma of players, you know? So that's what I'm, that's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm looking for in this one. Cause he's, he started to roll, and uh, I'm trying to see if he can keep rolling downhill with that.
1: Well, for the last four weeks, he's been a top ten target tight end. So I think there's definitely there's definitely truth to that. I'm a big Dallas Goddard fan. They drafted him in the second round. He is a guy that the Eagles are clearly high on. Um, I think not even necessary consideration, depending on the matchup, he's definitely playoff worthy. He's had some pretty solid games.
2: Why is rolling downhill good, but going downhill bad?
1: Because rolling downhill, you make a choice. Going downhill is probably pushed. I I like it. I'll take it.
0: Although one could argue when you are pushed, you do do more of a roll.
1: But it's a barrel roll. It's not a healthy roll.
0: (laughs) That's right. Do a barrel roll. All right. That'll do it for the week 14 preview. Before we get out of here, we're going to preview our DFS lineups um mike is not on the podcast this week but he did give me the scores um overall mike is still in the lead with 27 points evan is in second place with 24 points on the season jeff is bringing up a respectable bronze medal with 21 and only three people are being tracked even though Walid is kind enough to give us lineups
1: it is very is it's very uh convenient that mike gave you the point total and he's in first place very convenient who, who won this week
0: well let's see Mike lost Evan came in second Ooh. and Jeff came in first 122 points so uh you know we're just gonna just. just judge the season by the last week and this is up to date Mike gave this to me earlier this week so we're good to go on that front
2: cool and let's get it out of the way because the Ohio State game started and I'm gonna start swearing
0: okay um so uh we we'll lead so will lead why don't you go ahead get started and give us that um out, your your DFS lineup.
1: We're gonna roll it real quick. Uh, first off, my quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, because he is Aaron Rodgers and he used to play Washington, was terrible. My running backs, Delvin Cook. I went with stud running back a good matchup because Delvin Cook has been one of the best running backs in football. Uh to counter that to like lower my salary a little bit, I went with Benny Snell Jr. I'm actually gonna let yeah uh Jeff will explain exactly why. Because Pittsburgh uh, since Mike Tomlin has been the top running back as uh,
0: more 20 plus touch games than everybody except for the Rams. So, yeah, yeah.
1: basically then uh, Benny Schnell is going to get the targets to possibly produce. So I'm trusting on that with my wide receiver, We're going with Alshon Jeffrey. If you remember when I said Giants versus uh, Eagles, you start all the wide receivers and I took my own advice and started Alshon Jeffrey Sterling Shepard. Well, same reason. Uh, Stephon Diggs, I went with the Detroit Lions because, well, Stefan Diggs is playing the Detroit Lions, who are bad at football. Vance McDonald, um, you already heard me talk about Vance McDonald. I think we all like Vance McDonald this week. And Devontae Freeman is my flex because he is playing the worst run defense against uh, in football with the Carolina Panthers when it comes to opposing uh, fantasy points, and finally the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts are playing uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who give up, who basically is a really good matchup. You can get them at a cheap price, and frankly, they're one of my favorite defensive, their top five defensive option. That's my thought. If you read my defensive streamer article, you already know why. If you didn't, go read it. I'm not going to explain it anymore.
0: Bingo, Evan. I, I do appreciate, by the way, that Willie did learn from Evan's tact in the last episode.
1: What?
0: About, uh, Evan, let's get your lineup in and, and the reasons why, and you'll see. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Give me Steph uh, Donald for 7,700 against Miami, because Miami blows. Give me oh, Nick Chubb 7,900 against Cincinnati, because Cincinnati blows more. Give me Aaron Jones for 7,800 against Washington, because Washington blows the most. Give me D.J. Moore for 7,100 against Atlanta, because they are... Not good. Give me James Washington for 6700 against Arizona because Arizona does not care. Give me Corey Davis for $5,000 against Oakland because Oakland's secondary is not there. Give me Vance McDonald for 5800 against Arizona because, again, Arizona, not good. Give me Minnesota's defense against Detroit because their, their freaking quarterback's name is blows, so I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> Give me Jarvis Landry for $7,200 against Cincinnati in my flex. Running it down again? Quarterback Donald, 7,700. Running back Chubb, 7,900. Running back Aaron Jones, 7,800. Wide receiver DJ Moore, 7,100. Wide receiver James Washington, 6,700. Wide receiver Corey Davis, 5,000. Tight end Vance McDonald, 5,800. Defense Minnesota, 4,800. And flex Jarvis Landry at 7,200.
0: Okay, Evan, I'm going to let you get off of the podcast because Wisconsin just ran in a very long.
1: Fudge me right in the fudge hole.
0: He just ran in a very long touchdown. So you can go deal with that.
1: While you were reading that, Jeff and I were looking like, like, oh, no. Don't let Evan look at the TV. He's
2: not going to be happy. All
0: right. My lineup. My my lineup for this week. I couldn't get away from Lamar Jackson. Uh, t- highest priced quarterback on the board. No Freudian slip this time. Uh, Devonta Freeman. Um, Willie talked about it. I talked about it. Worst defense against running backs this season. Uh, Lenny Fournette's going up against the Chargers. I think he's going to get a lot of catches, a lot of yardage. Devonte Parker against the Jets. Mike Williams has 778 yards on the year this season. Uh, wide receivers are scoring touchdowns about every 170 yards. So I'm banking on that touchdown regression. Robbie Anderson going up against the Dolphins. We're all, we're all wearing Vance pants this week. Got uh, a 5,800 bucks against the worst uh, tight end defense. Nick Chubb in my flex Steelers DST against the Cardinals. Steelers are huge ball Hawks this year. So I think they'll do a great job. So, all right, so uh, that'll do it for this week of the uh, Football Absurdity Podcast uh, Week 14 Preview. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, if you got this far, again, please tell your friends, rate, review, all that stuff. Um, we would greatly appreciate it. And um, for Jeff, or I'm Jeff. For Walid, for Evan, I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good one. leave the call
2: yeah it didn't record it